Cinema Obscura. I wonder what happens when a group of punk rockers invade the home of a Hollywood special effects artist. And when does a battle of the social classes fly off the rails producing an orgy of gore? This is the latest episode of Cinema Obscura. I'm Steve Nicasey along with independent Philadelphia filmmaker Andre Bennett. Andre, two movies close to the hearts of a lot of cult movie fans. I know society is uh, almost infamous. Yeah, it really is. I had been meaning to watch it for a while, and this gave me the perfect opportunity. Grotesque, I had actually not heard of before we decided to uh, do it for this for this episode. So uh, that makes it perfect, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and and there was an added incentive to do a grotesque, which uh, people may confuse with a later version because of the the starring role of one person in, in particular. Yes, uh, Tab Hunter, who uh, recently left us. This was a late role in his career. It was. We begin with a movie that was initially made, I think, in 1988, and it featured Linda Blair, who had earned her horror creds with the masterpiece The Exorcist, and she tried to ride on with that. And as a uh, no-extra-cost bonus, we get a performance, as Andre said, from the late, great Tab Hunter, a story of punk rockers, home invasion, and plastic surgery in a movie called Grotesque. And as I mentioned, this is not to be confused with the 2009 movie of the same title. The title is vague, but at the same time, it kind of fits, I guess, because this is a movie that to me is kind of grotesque. It also has to deal to uh, do with literal grotesquerie as far as physical. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's a lot of pieces here. And to me, they don't always fit. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah uh, the opening is kind of confusing because it turns into a movie within a movie. Yes, uh, which reminded me of Blowout. Well, to be honest, Blowout is a much better movie, but it has that same kind of thing where it starts like a slasher movie, but then you see that it's actually a film within a film. This has this really long monologue over the credits that you can also barely kind of understand because it's whispered, but the vocals aren't really that intelligible in the mix mm-hmm. because you've got thunderstorm sounds as well. So... It's strange and kind of off-putting. And for a movie to begin like this, it's it's not the best sign. But then you find out that this sequence is a movie within a movie and has to uh, has to do with one of the characters who is a uh, special effects artist uh, played by Guy Stockwell. Now, uh, Linda Blair, yes. that's the name that caught my eye with this movie uh, because uh, she not only stars in it, but she was she had a big stake in this film, too. She was a co-producer. Yes, she was. I have a very hot take on this one. She peaked early. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> I'm sorry. When you do, when you start off your career with like one of the greatest horror movies of all time, that's mm-hmm. of course it's kind of downhill from there. Yeah. And Linda Blair's uh, resume has more schlock than it doesn't. <laughs> it really does, <laughs> including this. Uh, so it's her. She plays the effects artist Orville's daughter. And she and her best friend, played by Donna Wilkes, who probably, if you're listening to this, you know the name from the Angel movies, which revolved around a uh, a high school student who moonlights as a prostitute in order to get revenge yeah. and uh, also fight crime. It, they, they dragged yeah. that out for like four straight-to-video movies, I think. I think the first one came out – I don't know. I I spent a lot of time in video stores with my parents in the 80s. So I've seen a lot. Of, <laughs> I've seen a you lot of track. Your, you still have your blockbuster card? 
I think I have one somewhere. Yeah, well, I think we all do. We all had, especially on, on snow weekends, we all uh, show up there. Over-the-top acting, but the gore factor was pretty much under the radar in this movie. It is. I feel like it's kind of a swerve because when you th- there are moments where you think it's going to be gorier than it is, but they kind of cut away and you don't really see all that much. Mm-hmm. There is one particular shot. So – and this just kind of goes to show how crazy this movie is. There's a character named Patrick who is basically a disfigured guy that Linda Blair's parents have been taking care of. He witnesses this mass slaughter and then – From the punk rockers. Yes, from the, from the, the quote-unquote punkers. Yeah. And he uh, basically just breaks out and just starts killing them one by one. A, his makeup is terrible. Absolutely awful. When you see him up close, it's like this is this is like laughable. B, his kills are amazingly efficient, which yeah, I yeah, loved. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this fits the character. When he is ultimately killed by police, sorry, spoiler, but when he's ultimately killed by police, the hole in his face, the the makeup effects there are perfectly fine. <laughs> Very yeah. good, in fact. Yeah. So I, I say spoiler, but this movie keeps going on because then it becomes like <laughs> a law enforcement thriller. Mm-hmm. There's like an interrogation scene that goes on far longer than it should, and the cops are useless in this. Yeah. The the second half of the movie is uh, – or the, the last uh, quarter of the movie is, is Tab Hunter. Yeah, that's the thing. Linda Blair and Tab Hunter never share a scene yeah. in this movie. She gets She gets dispatched. And then, you know, a couple scenes later, you see him barreling towards the house where it's a crime scene. And he's like, oh, my God, my yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ending. And <sighs> yeah, finally, somebody we can recognize. And, and a little confusing to me, uh, snowy scenes in the woods, snow coming down hard. Then later, bright sunshine and lots of greenery when uh, Tab Hunter makes his mark. <laughs> my <laughs> my what was uh, going on there. My theory is that it took it took way too long to finish this movie, and they just couldn't keep it consistent. Uh, exactly, that happens. It's happened well, to friends of mine, to be honest. No. Well, we have a clip from Grotesque. We do, and I think this is from the scene where Tab Hunter's character is confronting the police because his niece has just died, and he is frustrated because. They can't seem to prosecute these thugs who have blamed Patrick for the murders. Yeah. After the death of the so-called monster. Yes. This is him and the cops. It's, yeah. From Grotesque. There are two things that puzzle me, Mr. Kruger. One is why did you try to stop me from killing this monster? And secondly, why all the grief for him? Damn it, he wasn't a monster. He was a human being. Hell, he killed your family. He wouldn't kill anyone. My family raised him. Your family raised him? I mean, he actually lived with them? He was a child that no one wanted. And my family took him in and raised him with love and compassion. This was a man who was... He was sweet. He was innocent. He was incapable of murder. Not a scum you got in jail. They're the guilty ones. Well, the problem is we don't have anything to hold them on. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? You know damn well they're guilty. No, I don't know that. If I knew that, I'd have them detained and booked. You can't prosecute a person on supposition. you got to have facts, proof. The bodies of my dead family, that's proof enough for me. Yeah, well, the laws are peculiar animals sometimes. 
Sometimes treat the guilty the same way as innocence. But the bottom line is this. In a court of law, you have to have proof. Ah. And we don't have any. I'm going to have to let them go in 48 hours. That's the law. Release them? That's the law. Well, fortunately for me, gentlemen, I'm outside the law. I don't need any proof. Sounds like a man is going to take matters in his own hands. Frankly, Blaine, I don't give a damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's referencing much better movies there. Yes, um, it is. And Tab Hunter acting his heart out. Yes, he is. He he and Linda Blair are the two best actors in this movie. Although I, I did enjoy uh, Guy Stockwell as Orville for as long as he was in this movie. Uh, at, at that point, it goes from police uh, interrogation movie to vigilante thriller and then rides that into its totally insane twist ending, which made me like sit up and take notice. I was like, oh, Wow, this is something now. We're we're doing something and then it's undercut by an absolutely awful comedy scene in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Grotesque and it's easily available. In fact, you can watch it free. Yeah, it's uh it's on YouTube. I think that version has Portuguese subtitles, but that's fine. <laughs> Which makes it even more of a treat. Cinema Obscura. Next up, a story centering on class warfare and bizarre sexuality. A teen boy who suspects he may have been adopted is concerned about not fitting in with his upper class. That includes his parents. His suspicions are confirmed when he stumbles on an adult party in full swing. In I guess you could call this a comedy horror film. It's society. It's hard to categorize this. It movie really is because it, it is. It's dark comedy. It's body horror. It's psychological thriller. It's surrealist. It's absolutely, oh my goodness, what is going on? And we were talking about recognizable actors and the lead role. Yes, and the lead role is Billy Warlock, who is probably best known to soap opera fans uh, from his time on General Hospital. And I'm sure he's been in other soaps, but I know him from General Hospital. He was also part of the original cast of Baywatch in the first few seasons before it became the international smash hit it ultimately became. So in this phase of his career, he's kind of like a budget price Michael J. Fox. And he's fine. He's okay. Uh, he's really the only recognizable face, although I believe there's also a Playboy model in this movie. I think uh, Devin DeVasquez. She's the love interest. But everything about this movie is aggressively weird and off-putting, which I actually kind of appreciate it because it's not like – ineptitude so much as we're trying to make this movie strange. There's a, there's a genre of fiction called weird fiction. The director, Brian Usna, produced the movies Reanimator and From Beyond, which are H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. So he has a background in the weird genre. And this movie feels, at least at the outset, like that because there's really strange and off-putting mood to it. Uh, it's it's very it is very atmospheric despite the um, despite looking like an episode of nine hundred two one zero the way yeah. it's shot uh, the music and just some of the acting choices not all the actors are great to be honest but even that seems more like a choice because it feels like this nightmare logic like you're seeing this through the eyes of Billy Warlock's character also named Billy and. 
he's doubting his own sanity and there's a couple scenes at least in the beginning like when he's talking to his therapist and he takes a bite of an apple and sees worms coming out and it's like is this for real or what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, This movie will burn at least a couple of scenes into your head probably for the rest of your life and it adds the term shunting to the movie vocabulary. I mean just the opening titles, you'll remember those. And it, they're kind of really a clue as to what's about to happen. What Basically, he finds out that things aren't necessarily as they seem with his family, this kid who's like growing up as in this rich community in Beverly Hills. His family doesn't really seem to regard him as kind of one of the group. He's sort of the black sheep even though he tries to please them mm-hmm. by you know being popular, being – you know being a part of, quote-unquote, society. Yeah, he, that, that word does come up a lot. He has it going. He does. This guy is supposed to be just like this, grew up, but at the same time, he's like running for student body president and he's like the star player on the basketball team. So it's, it's not like he's really all that much of a screw-up. It's more like he's seeing himself through this lens where his family doesn't necessarily see him as perfect and I guess that drives him. And that's very relatable. So he finds out through his sister's ex-boyfriend and a, a weird cassette tape that things are really, really wrong behind the scenes and he tries to investigate and things get stranger and I would say more sexual and, and that that is true. But at the same time, even the sexuality in this movie, at least you know as, as it goes along, is just – it's disquieting. Yeah, I think people people are are genuinely horrified by gore to, yeah. to some degree, but also contorted bodies. There is something so so unsettling about about seeing something like that. Yeah, and there's that one there's the one sex scene where he sees this girl that he's been seeing and her head is at an angle where it should not be. It's twi- it's kind of like The Exorcist. Going back to Linda yeah, Blair. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, which was one There's, of the more, more horrifying things about that movie. Yeah. But also the shower scene. The shower scene where he sees his sister like in the shower door and her her head is like <laughs> – it's yeah. like things are backwards. Things are backwards. Yeah, and, and that's just a little, a little taste of what's to come in that movie. Yeah, so we do have a clip of this one too and it's where uh, it's where Bill hears the tape for the first time. Top secret, eh, Blanchard? <laughs> Everybody in? Yes, sir. All right, girls, don't forget your seatbelts. Wait a minute. That's my family. All right, now, Bill, I know you're going to be a little upset about this, but I put a voice-actuated tape recorder underneath your parents' car and a microphone in Jenny's ear. You barked my family? No, I barked my family? Stop listening to the tape! Listen! I remember my own coming out. I was so excited. Then you can do it with women as well as men. Of course. Uh, you know the schedule. First we dine, then copulation. Someone your own age first. Then with your mother and me. Then in comes the host. You'll be ready. Uh, you know, I could hardly keep a straight face when Bill apologized to me about not being able to make it tonight. <laughs> Don't be concerned about your brother, Jen. He's too busy with things in his own world to worry about ours. Really lucked out, Jen. Ted Ferguson is really cute for our first partner. Ted Ferguson? Ted Ferguson? Yeah. 
Jenny and Ferguson. That's just the beginning. Here, listen. family secret going on here yeah even the tape it's just like you you know that this is really something more horrifying than <laughs> yeah. than anything else it, it, it's not just what it implies in the early going i feel like we need to talk about the ending because the ending like i said is particularly infamous i feel like we, we need to address it because oh my goodness yeah but if you haven't watched this you're going to watch it you might want to hit pause on here until you do see it but we got to talk about the, the shunting in which he finds out that his family is – that they are from another – well, they're not from another world, but they are something else entirely. They're not normal. No, they're not normal. In fact, everyone in his community almost is pretty much part – it's not even a cult. It's like another – it's like almost another species and it ends with like this crazy – like you said, this it's, – it's a gore orgy, yes, but it's also like – Everyone starts eating. It's like it's like this cannibalistic thing where all these people who are actually weird creatures start to merge together mm-hmm. and become. And it's like, and they're feeding off the people from the lower class. Yeah, they are, and it's it's not very subtle. But yeah. <laughs> but it's, but when you watch it, it is visceral and potent, and maybe it goes on a little longer than it should. But the effects are by the uh, Japanese artist Joji Tani, also known as Screaming Mad George. And, uh, and I would, they, they hold up really well. They, they do. In fact, I was reading the AV Club, uh, their list of the greatest special effects movies of all time, and society was smack dab right there on the list. Mm. So it still has the power to just kind of shock you. And if, if nothing else, it gives a new meaning to the word butthead. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yes. I was definitely waiting for that. In fact, if you do a search on this movie uh, on the internet, that image may come up indeed. I was watching this on Shutter, and they definitely used that picture. Yeah, they did. They did. I was like, what is this? And yeah. then I actually saw it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, now it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think society, and I'm, I'm glad you turned me on to this movie because it is getting some real respect after so many years after its release. It is. It actually was finished and screened in 89, but it actually didn't get released wide until 92. But it still counts as far as like an 80s horror movie. There, there's a lot going on here. It is very unsettling and shocking. And again, maybe the ending goes on a little longer than it needs to and becomes almost cartoonish. But then it it, it still has that last like, you know punch where everything turns literally inside out and that's what our two movies have in common that they didn't know quite where to end it it just seemed to linger on but two movies that were easy to put on marquees because they had single word titles grotesque and society that described them (laughs) very well parting thoughts this week honestly grotesque it is what it is but society i've gone back and forth over this movie and if you're a horror fan then it is kind of a hidden gem if you are interested in checking it out, Society is available on Shudder and Amazon Prime. Thank you, Andre. Thanks, Steve. Cinema Obscura. 
And I'm Steve Nikhazy, along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscure is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the new Radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. I do love the smell of the hunt and the taste of the shunt. Yeah. <laughs>